When I'm not too busy running the fucking free world, I like to listen to podcasts. I'm sure you think since I'm 80 years old that I stick to mainly old shit like crime mysteries or this American life. But I'll tell you what, man, I stumble on this shit called WFOD. The dub fod, these fucking guys, they got a dude on there who only buys $100 jeans and another guy who breathes like an old furnace and the fucking host guy sticks shit in his mouth. I'm not joking around. This shit kills me. WFOD starts now. Welcome to this thing we call the Dub Fod. My name is Mike. I am joined by my good friend, Mr. Drunkard STL on the Twitters. Hey. And Drunk, it is Pepper Week. It's Pepper Week. We are joined by our good I, friend, Pepper. That's my favorite week of the year, dude. History Buffs podcast. Hello. Guys, after the break, we're going to be talking to comedian Josh Johnson. He has a new special. It's on Peacock. It's called Up Here Killing Myself. Looking forward to I'll talking to I'll tell you what, that Peacock, they got a lot of stuff. You have it for the wrestling. I have it for the wrestling. You have it for the wrestling. I had to buy Apple. And the NASCAR. And the NASCAR. You're is right. NASCAR on Peacock? Halfway through on the, the season. Se- the second half of the season, they switch, Mike. Uh-huh. It is extremely confusing. We know. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, they, there's a lot of good stuff on Peacock. Yeah, including Josh Johnson's special. Up here killing myself. It's on Peacock now. A NASCAR podcast I listened to um, bought a sponsorship on a car. Oh, yeah? So they basically crowdfunded it, and um, I told them, like, I would love to give you some money, but I could give you even more money if we can turn it into, like, uh, a, a podcast ad for my podcast, because they don't do ads. That's that's another thing. <clears throat> so they ended up agreeing because I was offering so much money. You want to help, you know, see how much a uh, History Buffs podcast ad costs? Sure. I paid them $250 for a one-time ad. That's too much, Pepper. Yeah, but it's also for charity. For, well, not for, not for their, charity, but... For their name going on a race car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So not charity. That's like, that's like when they sell a Porsche for like $5 million. It's like, oh, it was for charity. <laughs> Just got to keep the poor financial decisions to a minimum. It, it was for a good cause. Yeah, you don't. Regret, and it was cool. You don't regret your decision. No, not yet. It's funny because on one side of the car, like it was a perfect logo, everything looked great, and on the other side, they uh, completely missed a word. Is this on like a NASCAR or is this on like a 
goofy dirt car in like a local thing. NASCAR. So their logo is on an actual NASCAR competing in NASCAR. Yes. They competed yesterday. How much does that cost? The area that they had to play with was probably probably about four to six inches taller and four to six inches wider than your laptop. Wow. And just guess guess how much that cost. So, okay, so just a little bit bigger than a laptop. Yeah. Uh, $20,000. No, you overshot it by a lot. By a lot? Yeah. Wow. I wouldn't think that would be sh- overshooting it a lot. To have national television? It's about $5,000. That's not too bad. I mean, it's, it's not, not a very bad. big space, but I mean, like, if you consider what real estate you're talking about. Yeah. But with these caveats, so this was in the Xfinity series. That's like the feeder series. That's like the one step below the cup series, which is racing right now. I bet on a cup series car, that same piece of real estate would probably be about $20,000. And does it, does it cost more if the guy is good at racing? Yeah. Because then you might see it more because it'll be up top. So the guy that they sponsored, the driver is a tire changer for another team. And they basically let him race on like road courses and stuff. And the driver has to come up with some amount of money. I think it's close to like 50,000 because racing is not cheap or free. Like a lot of times, especially coming up before you get to the top, you as a driver have to figure out ways to come up with money to race. Like you have to fund the race team basically. So it was one of these guys. He's a tire changer for a car and they let him race. And it was a very bad car. Like you put the best driver in the sport in that car and he's probably still finishing 15th. It's a bad car, which also matters. Yeah. There's a huge difference in equipment. How? Why? Is it just money? Yeah. If I if I have twenty thousand dollars to buy a race engine, it's going to be a good. It'll be fine. It'll be a good race engine. Yeah. But if I have sixty thousand dollars to buy a race engine, then then it's going to be that's going to be the shit. I got, what lighter and better and that's the other thing. Things yeah. it's all the same. Theoretically, it's all the same parts. Hmm. What, what are we? What are we? What are we doing, you guys? Stick around. We'll be right back. Dubfod goes hard. Ever been using your phone's GPS and thought to yourself, "This bitch don't know me. Who gives her the right to tell me where to go?" Maybe it's time you get the directions from a friend. In half a mile, keep. Right. Go to WFODicks.com and look for ways under the extras tab. In 0.1 miles, turn left and then turn right. Mike is the driving companion you've always wanted. Get him today. Turn left. 
Here is Mike with a quick update on the WFOD Hollywood Fantasy League. So here's the deal. Fucking John Wick had a $74 million weekend, which if you consider it also has a 78% Metacritic. It's not outside the realm of possibility that we have a last minute upset. Jody needs $155 million. That's the number. Tick tock, Mr. Wick. Tick tock. So she hands the cop her license and she's like, I'm sorry, like, was I speeding or, you know, just something. I don't know how you speed from a green, but, you know, like, was I speeding something? And he, he bent down and he looked at us and he said, you have too many people in the car. That's what he said. You have too many people in the car. And he walked back and I'm not going to lie, I Googled it. I was just like, baby, who knows? <laughs> You know, it's 2020, we in COVID. I don't know if there's something, you know. We can fit five. We're technically riding light. Like, how? We have too many people. And then while he's gone, my mind is just racing. It's just thinking about all the ways that this could go wrong, you know. And I was so nervous. I was genuinely afraid, not just for myself, but for the women around me. And he finally walks back up to the window. And he's been gone a long time, by the way. And... He leans into the window. He hands my aunt back her license. And he says, on behalf of Newton County, we'd like to present you and your family with this butterball turkey. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) And in my head, I'm like, why'd you do it like that? what, What is wrong with you? I thought we were all going to jail. Everybody knows the longer the cop is gone, the more jail you're going to. <laughs> what took you so long? Did you forget where the turkeys were? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I actually think that what happened was he went, he had, he had my aunt's license and he went to grab the turkey and then the license fell between the seats and he was like, it's always something. <laughs> And so then he passes the turkey to my aunt. She passes the turkey to me. I'm just sitting there with it, looking at it, and in my head, I'm like, there better not be any crack in this. And then we drive off, and... Ooh, I'm not gonna lie, police have messed with me before, but like, this is the worst thing that a cop has ever done to me. Because in a year where all of my friends are out protesting, we're sitting around in Brooklyn around a table telling stories about getting their ass beat at protests like civil rights leaders, I gotta be the one to be like, yeah, and sometimes they give you turkeys you don't even want. God is with me. Once again, WFOD, wheelbarrow full of dicks.
Guys, welcome back. Our guest tonight is a writer and stand-up comedian. His new special, Up Here Killing Myself, is streaming now on Peacock. And he's on the road now to see when he'll be performing near you. Go to joshjohnsoncomedy.com. Guys, Josh Johnson is on the program. Hey, how you doing? Sorry about that. I was trying to get my connection working. Pepper was telling me about race cars. I I don't know anything about NASCAR, and he, he knows a lot. I only know a touch about F1, yeah. and that's it. Did you know that uh, NASCAR is coming to the streets of Chicago this year? No, I did not. That is <laughs> yes. what? They are racing in, like, downtown Chicago. It's going to be insane. And is it a drag race, or are there going to be turns? There's going to be turns. Like, a, like basically an F1 track in the middle of Chicago. Are they going to drift like Tokyo Drift? Ideally, no, but probably okay. a little bit. <laughs> I imagine you can't go that fast and turn without a little bit of drifting. Yeah, I mean, those cars, like, they're pretty heavy. They're like 4,000 pounds. So just getting that amount of weight around a turn, the ascent's going to slide out. Hey, Josh, do do you pay attention to AI stuff at all? Have you messed with that at all? I pay attention to it as little as possible. It freaks you out, right? It really terrifies me, yeah. It's it's like there's a – because also right now we're in a stage where everyone's being so greedy that yeah. they're not coming up with any sort of game plan or ground rules for what they're going to do. Right. Well, and that's interesting because I, I, I think you're in a unique position to help me with something I've been thinking about. I, I messed with the chat GPT thing a little bit, and I don't know – if it's making things or if it's just plagiarizing. And so I, yeah. Okay. I asked it to make a Josh Johnson style comedy routine. Uh huh. And I'm wondering if like, do you have a pretty good knowledge of things you've done in the past? Like if I played you a computer talking and saying it's, it's doing your bits, you would know if it's something you've done before or not decently i think okay i I think i know this is weird but i have a minute and a half of what chat gpt thinks your comedy this is fascinating this is wild yeah i I just want to know if this is any semblance of anything you've done before okay i really hope it is not funnier than anything i've done before (laughs) it's not particularly funny (laughs) yeah but but okay I'll, i'll pause it if you need me to pause it but here's a josh johnson style comedy routine Hey everybody, how you doing? So glad to be here tonight. You know, I was walking down the street the other day, and I saw this guy with a sign that said, We'll work for food. And I was like, Man, that's a great deal. I work for food all the time. That's called having a job. But seriously, <laughs> is that is that anything that you've ever done before? No, no, okay. I, that's not a joke that I've done before. <laughs> it's not good. It also it's feels like an attack, yes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's keep going. A lot about technology lately. You know, we have all these amazing devices that are supposed to make our lives easier, but sometimes they just make things more complicated. Like, have you ever tried to use a smart speaker? I asked Alexa to play some music the other day, and she started listing off all the different streaming services I could use. It was like, would you like me you to. You ever play- done any Alexa material, Josh? I have, yes. Oh, okay. yeah. Does this sound like something you've done? It does not sound like something oh, okay. I've done, but okay. I have mentioned Alexa before. <laughs> it's really weird, Pepper. 
I was just I was curious. I thought he was in a in a position to confirm or deny my suspicions that Yeah, you know what it is though? I think with when it comes to actual information, there's a level that could be seen as plagiarism. Where when it comes to actual talking points about um a topic that you'll need to include to just have factual references, I think that it weaves them in in a way that sounds conversational but is actually just taking from what someone wrote. Is that something that you could even say is like, this is a Josh Johnson style joke? Because I've watched a couple of your specials in recent the, mm-hmm. the last couple of days, and they, they, they're very different from each other. Uh, yeah, I think that what ends up happening. So the thing that makes me feel like that is not an accurate, like this is a Josh Johnson joke, is that it's really just... Um, this like premise heavy idea. Uh-huh. So maybe that's what chat GPT thinks that I do, <laughs> which fair enough. But I think that overall, I don't think they really caught the cadence or. <laughs> well, I, I didn't give it your voice that that actually the, the guy's name is Josh that I picked, but uh, he doesn't oh, wow. sound like you. It is freaky and fascinating. Like it, it is, it does feel insane. <laughs> I have an idea for uh, how I want to use it for the first time. I have an issue with my truck where my truck has a little bit of a tick in the, in the engine, and I'm not sure what it is. But because chat PPT is pulling from like every part of the internet, I want to see if I can like punch in the symptoms of the problem that I'm having, and maybe the internet can help me fix my truck. No. That sounds like it, it should work. No, that sounds it, like a really bad idea, Pepper. I mean, this is my <laughs> thing. I, I feel like... What you need is a mix of uh, of Google and conversation, which is what <laughs> chat GPT says that it does. It's like if you're looking something up, you can ask it. The problem is, and they, they found this as like an early issue, is that it is not always good at telling you what in the response is opinion and what in the response is like, no, I pulled this fact out of the Internet. Because I think that right now it's just trying to look as impressive as possible that you're talking yeah. to AI. So if it tells you how to fix your truck and something is glaringly wrong and you don't catch it, you could you could blow up your truck. <laughs> could you could sue, sue, uh, yeah, sue them after that? Yeah, did sue Microsoft. Dis- did they have a disclaimer on there that's like, <laughs> hey, don't actually do the things that the computer tells you to do? That could. I, be- yeah, I don't know. I feel like they don't have that because that would undercut their, we have the best search engine now. Josh, are you on tour now, or is it even called a tour, really? Because you're just kind of always doing dates. Yeah, so I find touring to be if you have uh, a bunch of dates strung together with a theme. And so since I have that, yes, I'm on tour. Um, So I went to Kansas City and Oklahoma City these past two weekends, and I'll be headed to Fort Collins next weekend, the comedy fort. It's a lot of... uh middle of the country stuff is that i guess you've bounced around a lot you live you grew up in louisiana and then you moved to chicago and now you're in new york are you in new york now yeah i'm in new york now do you live in new york city yeah i'm in brooklyn yeah i live in brooklyn didn't a lot of people take off yeah i think in the pandemic a lot of people left but i think a huge portion of them have come back there's no noticeable difference as far as like less people on the streets or traffic. No, it is just as hard to get around as, is it always always been like it's, it's 
in the subway, in in the traffic. It you would think that nobody left. Most people don't even have cars, right? You do you have a car? No, no, no. I'm also not a good driver, so I was never going to have a car. <laughs> never going to have, have a, a car, car for a very short amount of time. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm very bad at driving. So I guess you just Uber everywhere. Uber take the train, yeah. Yeah. Are you aware of uh, new era baseball caps? Mm-mm. Like the fitted baseball caps with like a MLB team on the front. Oh yeah. I, okay. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they put out a map that showed the most popular team by sales in each state. And I live in Mississippi. Do you want to guess which team was the highest sale in Mississippi? I, I couldn't begin to guess. And I couldn't either because it yeah. makes zero sense. Chicago White Sox is the <laughs> most popular team in Mississippi. And can anybody here guess why? I have no idea. It, it has baffled me ever since I saw the map. It's probably made up, Pepper. It's made up. You, I don't know. You know what I think it could be? Is that a lot of people, I find, at least when I was in Chicago, a lot of people move to Chicago from the south, but then they end up moving back when they settle down for life. So, you know, I don't I don't think there are half as many numbers to make what I'm saying absolutely true. But I think you look at you look at like a school like Loyola or something like that. All these people are coming to that college from all over the country and a lot of them stay after they graduate for at least a few years and then they move back so i think you you end up getting some baseball fans that one either pick the team from where they are or come to chicago like baseball like the team and then move back home that's a possibility i don't think a lot of people are ever coming back to mississippi i think most people are just trying to get out No, nah, fair enough. <laughs> I thought uh, me and my wife were talking about it. She's like, it's probably just color. Like, it's just it's white and black kind of goes with everything. I was like, yeah, that could be it. That's true. That's true. How old were you when you went to Chicago? I was 22. And you you went there to be a designer or something, didn't you? Yeah. So I graduated in lighting design and then I moved to Chicago and that's where I pretty much start doing comedy what do you what do you do with a degree in lighting design is that for like concerts and stuff or yeah yeah so basically the the whole point of the degree is actually um for the training i don't think anyone is checking for your degree unless you go into more academic stuff like if you go into academia and and you're like well i want to teach lighting or something now yes you need at least a bachelor's degree but for actual real world practical use, I don't think anybody's checking for it. But you it just kind of got to prove you schools. can do it. Yeah, it's just yeah. to prove that you can do it. And quickly living in Chicago, I was like, I'm going to have to pick comedy or lighting. And I chose comedy. Yeah, that would be a fascinating job. I would love to like follow around a lighting guy for a couple weeks. Yeah, because the hope is that you you build yourself up enough to be doing Broadway shows and everything. But the the issue there is that it's just as unstable of a career as comedy. So, oh, like, yeah. eh, what's the like like another was, COVID comes along and you're done? Exactly, exactly. So, I I just felt like comedy was the thing that I was the most attracted to. 
and it just drew me in in a different way than than design did. How did- I, I want to tell you this, and this is going to sound really bad at the beginning, but it's going to sound good at the end. So don't get thrown <laughs> off by how it starts. Okay. Uh, Fair people enough. like you are the reason why I don't do stand up. Oh. And here's why. Okay. <laughs> because you said you talked in your special about how stand up is so important to you and how it saved your life and everything. Mm-hmm. And when I was doing stand up, I ran into people like that. And I realized very quickly, like, dude, I don't have that. Like, I don't have oh, that. I and I feel you. like I feel like it's disrespectful for me to be dick farting around with all these people who are taking it super seriously. And I'm just over here like, Oh, what rhymes with NASCAR? I don't know. Yeah. But I I think that there's room for everybody. So while I get what you're saying and like a part of me definitely appreciates it because so few people see stand up as an art form. I do think that, yeah, there's plenty of room for dick farting. It it seems Pepper, that probably you you get to a point where it means something to you. Like maybe it's it a lot mean... of work to get to that point, though. Yeah, that's and true. I was never willing to put in that amount of work. Right. So the specials on Peacock. Uh, mm-hmm. How did it get to Peacock? I, you made it yourself and then shopped it to people. Is that kind of what you? Yeah. Did? So so Peacock was um, the the place that we went with it that really responded to it and really saw how I, I guess you know they they saw the vision and everything and they also really felt strongly about everything that that I'm talking about and that led to you know them putting it on the platform which I really appreciated because I felt like you know you want to work with people who get you and that's that's what I was fortunate enough to have happen and so that when you when you do something like that do they say okay we'll call us first next time or uh, like, will the next one be on Netflix? Will the next one be on Paramount? Will, will you, you That's know a good what, question. Does that I make mean, sense? It, it, the, the question definitely makes sense. I, I think that for me, you know, you take every project by, by um, how you complete it and everything. Yeah. And Peacock's a great home for this one. I think it'd be a great home for the next one. So I'm, I'm you know, really happy with everybody and, and everything that led up to the launch of the special and it dropping on Peacock. So I see no reason to not do the next one there. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, I'm very excited. I'm going to try to make it out to your show in Mobile. Uh, April. Oh, 12th. yeah. That's right. Have you ever played the uh, Merry Widow? No, no. This will be my first time. So I'm really excited. It's a nice little place. I've been to some metal shows there. It's uh, It works great for comedy, like heavy metal and country music. Like It's just a nice little spot. It's that's dope. That's yeah. really exciting. It's great. When you go to different cities, like what's your main thing to do? Do you go to like restaurants? Do you go to like hiking trails? Like what's your thing? I go to every art museum I can. Mm. I really enjoy um, taking in art in that way. And sometimes I'll go to a gallery, but since I'm not usually in the market to buy, I feel like it's better to go to a museum where no one expects you to buy anything except from the gift shop. Yeah. It's like going to a Porsche dealership and just walking around and be like, these are really nice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I try to only go to a gallery when I'm about to buy and the rest of the time I'm just getting an appreciation and learning more about art in general, because I think that the way that you do 
you know, there's that saying that like the way you do anything is the way you do everything sort of. I think that there's also something to be said for a person completely outside of your genre, your field of creativity, inspiring you to do what you do differently and do it in the way that they do their thing without it being the same thing. Right. So you might see a bunch of uh, a bunch of um, like Kende Wiley art. And be like, I love, I love what he's doing. I love what he's putting together. I want to try to frame up the thing that I do in a way that's completely inspired by something that he did. And I think that's easier than just saying, oh, all my inspiration comes from other comics or all my inspiration comes from hip hop culture or something. It's like to really reach outside of yourself, I think, is the way to make the coolest and newest type of things. So do you it- make any kind of visual art? Not myself, but what what I'll end up doing is I usually collaborate with artists to to come up with the artwork that I use for things. So, for instance, I had my Comedy Central special and there was an original single that we did to go with that one. That's at the the intro and the outro of the of the special and the cover for that single was designed by Miles Sinaski, who I worked on a bunch of stuff with. And so, you know, I sort of sent him the roughest type of sketch with a description because I can't draw of what I drew. And then, you know, he actually drew something really cool and then designed something really cool. Yeah, I don't think anybody's doing that. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to, man. I, I want to yeah. do lots of that. But, you know, it takes it takes so much money to appropriately pay people you know, for their time and what they're worth and everything to get some of these projects off the ground. So that's the only thing that is a bit of a of a hindrance sometimes where it's like, I'd love to be putting out stuff like that consistently, like every week, but yeah. the price tag catches up to you. I got a buddy in New Orleans who was at a party and there was a guy that was there um, and he was introduced to him as like, yeah, this is the guy who paints oysters. He was like, oh, okay, whatever. What? And they got to talking more and more. And he found out this is not just a dude who paints oysters. This is the fucking dude who paints oysters. Like he is the guy. He He's done uh, shit for the city of New Orleans. He's done stuff for like super famous people. And they ended up going back to his house and he was showing all these canvases hanging around. He's like, yeah, that one's probably going to go for like fifty, sixty thousand $60,000. This one's probably going to go for whatever, whatever. And he was like, hey, y'all are about to get married, right? And they're like, yeah. He was like, see, I got these three paintings that I did. I really like, but they're not of oysters, so I can't sell them. He was oh, like, because he's the oyster guy. These? Yeah, because he's the oyster guy. Nobody wants him painting a fucking cat. They want oysters. Okay. So like he's he's now pigeonholed into this thing where like he just paints oysters. Nobody else wants anything. But he was like, "Here, ha- take these three paintings. They're each worth between 10 and $15,000 a piece. Maybe you can sell them for like a down payment on a house or something." But it's like that whole that art world is just that is something that I have no concept of. It's so wild. Have you seen um there's there's a couple of really good docs that cover this stuff. Have you seen Blurred Lines? No, the uh, no. I, I want to say I've seen like the thing, it, like the cover was, of it. It was on Netflix for a while, but I I'm trying to remember where I saw it. Blurred Lines is really good because if I remember correctly, it really explains a lot of how the art world works and how 
Um, like the business side of it? The business side of it. And yeah, it's called Blurred Lines Inside the Art World. And you can watch it on Tubi or uh, like Voodoo or Pluto TV or whatever. And then there's um, this this art documentary that's crazy. Uh, it's if you're into like a little bit of crime. Uh, the gift shop. Uh, you're talking about the gift shop one. Uh, no, no. This is this is even more insane. If you can Ooh, believe it. I like that. One second. I'll find it right now. It's it's so disturbing. Yeah, it's called Made You Look. And you it's look. a it's a true story about fake art. And it's crazy. They oh, dude, to, they need to make a documentary about that. The screen painting, because I think it's been stolen like four times. When you were saying yeah. crime, I was like, "Ooh, I. Yeah, that's what I was about. about to bring up. The uh, the heist at the Gardner Museum. Where they stole yeah. like, I mean, insane, like literally priceless shit. Yeah. And nobody has any, like people think it's somewhere in New Jersey, but like they think that a lot of people who were involved with it are dead now because they were all in the mob and they all got shot and it's just nobody knows. And there's like, there's very, it's very likely that there is like a priceless people, uh piece of art in somebody's basement and they have no idea what it is. Yeah. No, it's so it's it's so wild. And I mean, a lot of it is is going for reasons that are not uh, or don't make a ton of sense. You know what I mean? A lot of it's going for like like, oh, tax implications or whatever. And it's like, oof, still, though. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It would be so tragic. Like, there's so many old artists that you hear about that they were never shit when they were alive. But mm-hmm. for some reason, 10 years after they die. Somebody picks up their shit. It's like, damn, this guy was really good. And then it just blows up and their pieces become worth like hundreds of millions of dollars. And they have no idea. They lived a shit life from start to finish and they died completely anonymously. And then 10 years after, they're the biggest thing on the planet. That would be such a shitty life. Yeah. And you have to take into account the fact that um, a lot of the reason that they end up blowing up is because they don't have any more work they can produce oh, so now true. all the work that they've produced is more precious because you aren't you're only going to get the 400 pieces they made in their lifetime and that's yeah. it yeah it's Damn. like uh like motley crew saying that they're retiring pepper they keep saying they're retiring and that this is the last tour and so everybody goes to the tour but then they just do another tour i wonder their first retirement tour it was fucking horrible right their first <laughs> retirement tour pepper but then they just have another one but you think yeah. this is the last one. I got to go see Motley Crue now. No, they got me one time. Yeah. Uh, Josh, the, so the the special's on Peacock. It's called Up Here Killing Myself. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it is it is interesting because you kind of frame it uh, with psychology or, or uh, psychotherapy and kind of go between the two. What would you call that, Pepper? Like a... Um. To be honest, I listened to it on my phone while I was cutting grass today, so I didn't really get the full experience. I'm definitely going to have to rewatch it because there was some times when the audience the would visu- drop the out, visuals and are important. I heard a la- I yeah, I heard a lady talk. I was like, "Who the fuck is this lady?" <laughs> and then it would get back into the stand up, and I'd be like, "Okay, yeah, all right." I, I, I thought like the first two or three times it happened, I thought it was ads playing. 
Then at one point, I got so confused, I pulled out my phone and I was like, "Who the fuck is this lady?" And then I figured out what it was. But that no, was very good. The um, the guy shit his pants on the bus. That was very well put together. <laughs> I enjoyed that. The tooth fairy part was very well put together. No, oh, thank you, man. I appreciate you, <laughs> Josh. Man, we appreciate your time. It was fun talking to you. Uh, good luck on the tour and good luck with the special, man. Thank you so much. Thank y'all for having me. I appreciate you. Thanks, if I can man. get it away on a Wednesday in April, I'll see you in Mobile. Yeah, yeah. Look forward to it. <laughs> cool, man. Take care. Thank you. You too. Bye. that interested me was him saying that like you know he he kind of goes and tries to experience things outside of like his comfort zone and outside of things that he likes like you know he yeah. purposely goes to see art even though like visual art isn't really his thing just because he like wants to experience it and i think that's interesting that's and i mean i've never heard of anybody like trying to collaborate art with stand-up like that like yeah because like kind of what I said is like there's so many people just going around dick farting it, right? <laughs> like, and he's he's being super for real about it and trying to right. I mean, the guy's it... cranking shit out. Like, uh, I, I mean, yeah. Like, all, in the last couple of years, I think he's put out like a couple of albums and a couple of specials. Uh, I mean, guy's working hard. And, yeah, and while you're hot, go ahead and take advantage of it while you can. About halfway through. Zero like ran down the hall and head butted open the door. So <laughs> I saw you uh, looking at something. I was both, like, "What's Mike?" Both dead? dogs were like down here getting in my shit, like while I, I'm trying to figure out where to go. Uh, yeah, that was a great. Uh, I didn't. I never ever would have guessed we would have got into art right there. Yeah, but that really made me realize, like, man, that's a whole different world that I know nothing about. It's interesting though. I mean, like I, I love oh, yeah. if if you take me to an art museum, I'll walk around and look at shit, and I'll probably enjoy yeah. some of it. I mean, it, it, it's some of it's pretentious garbage, but some of it's really yeah. neat. You know, you look at it and you say, "Ah, look at that." <clears throat> I I'll have to like I'll have to look up this oyster guy. <laughs> um, it was my buddy Phil that I do history buffs with. Yeah, that, that was telling me about it. Phil runs with a very bizarre crowd because of who his girlfriend is yeah his girlfriend is a very prominent choreographer and dance teacher yeah like prominent in the u.s in the world and like people come to her very important people come to her to do things so she runs in this high class like new orleans scene huh so phil will end up at parties and one thing that he likes to do is he likes to talk to these like uber rich important people about NASCAR for some reason. Like he's called me twice while he was <laughs> he at was a like, party and be like, hey, hey tell this guy about NASCAR. <laughs> yeah. But he um 
Yeah, so he was given these paintings, but I looked the guy up, and like the the oyster paintings are incredible. Like the way so that, he he takes an oyster and paints on it. No, or he's painting no. paintings of he's drawing pictures of oysters. Yes. Okay. He so imagine you walk into a studio. He'll have a canvas up, and then on a pedestal, he'll have an oyster shell. And then he draws that? And then he paints it. See, yeah. that's not what I was thinking. For some reason, I thought that he was doing like a... like a He okay. took an uh, oyster shell and painted on it. Okay, well, that's my fault. I explained that poorly. Yeah. But when you see Josh the, probably the paintings, got it. He's a smart guy. I'm an idiot. Pepper. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is one thing that uh, I kind of had some... Uh, I wouldn't say fear, but I was uh, very cognizant of it before we did the interview. Just listening to all his shit. This guy is like super smart. He's a smart guy. Yeah, he's like extremely intelligent. Um, But the depth that this painter achieves in these oyster paintings, like... I really want to see one of these fucking oyster paintings now. Dude, Pepper. oh my God, I'm going to have to call Phil and ask him. Oyster paintings on canvas. Jeanette Vertentis. Uh, nah, it's Jeanette a guy. Vertentis seems to be the Ethan Harper. Hold on. I'm calling Phil. <laughs> Jeanette Vertentis seems to be the premier uh, oyster painter. That doesn't sound right. Maybe. Because I googled oyster painter and Jeanette Vertentis is like the first 100 results. So unless this dude's fucking with Jeanette Vertentis, Pepper, I don't know what All to right, tell you. Bill Kong, Fuck. Um, it's fine. We'll, 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 deal, yeah. we'll deal with this later, Pepper. At a later time, we'll figure out the whole... Uh, oyster painting thing i have a question drunk why did you not ask him any questions or talk to him in any way uh so Are you racist i no, not racist i don't know if you noticed or not but i ask one question per five guests on the uh dub five drunk it typically che- checks out that record up pepper uh, Drug, do you have a, a pick of the week, maybe? Something you want the people to know about? Yeah. My pick of the week, uh, Burt Kreischer's new special on Netflix, uh, Razzle Dazzle. Razzle Dazzle. It's a, it's a good one. Enjoying that one, huh? I enjoy Burt. He's my guy. Is Burt your guy? Yeah. Well, you know, I got a lot of guys. You got a lot of guys. That's Pepper's number one in my heart, for sure. Pepper. Oh, nice. How does that feel? Does that feel good? Yeah, I mean, he's not the first guy to say that to me, but I mean, he's my it's cool. he's, he's my inside info guy. Whenever I go to the Argosy to bet on some NASCAR, yeah, huh. it's cool to have another one on my team. You know, Pepper, you got a pick of the week? <laughs> Something you want to peep? Yeah, I got a pick of the week. I, I assume this is not a an audience who listens to or consumes NASCAR material, but if you do, if you happen to enjoy NASCAR. And you're obviously listening to a podcast now, so you also listen to podcasts. Go listen to the Loose's Fast podcast. They just sponsored a fucking Xfinity car. Um, 
they if you like this show and you like the way we talk, you'll like that show because it's very similar styles. A lot of the NASCAR podcasts are super, super buttoned up. They're like, well, yeah, so I think I think the camber on the wheels should be adjusted. And it's just a bunch <laughs> of fucking nerds talking fucking nerd shit. That's not what the, these are guys talking about aerodynamics up. and whatnot. Yeah, this is, this is a bunch of boys chopping it up, being bros. And fucking talking shop. So, and so we're not getting chassis adjustments on this one. We're not. We're not talking tire pressure. We're not talking fucking camber <laughs> adjustments. We're talking. We're talking about Ross Chastain is a is a real son of a bitch. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> oh no! Now my guy Ross. Ross. He's he's, he's my he's, he's my top two now. He fucked Coda, dude. He ruined that whole fucking race. Yeah. Go. Did you see the caution that he brought out? Uh, probably, but there was like what ten cautions at the end. <laughs> yeah, I know. But the, so there was that long run, and then there was the caution that started all the cautions. Okay. So they showed on camera. They showed Austin Dillon's wheel just exploding and his tire fucking ripping apart. Right. So the reason the the reason why NASCAR listed that they threw the caution was because Ross Chastain spun in turn one, and then he sat there. Until they threw the caution, and, and then, then fired up his car. Yeah, I was listening to on, on the radio at that point. Yeah, but the radio it's was just making it seem like he couldn't get it fired up. Okay, well that's the information that they had. So we'll see. <laughs> I mean, if NASCAR gives him a penalty, then we definitely know that he was just sitting there twiddling his thumbs until the fucking yellow flag came out. And that's hilarious. But I mean, look, look, look where he was at. So I mean, it, he definitely spun. He definitely went all the way to like a very, the very back of the field. And then look at where he finished. Well, didn't he kind of cheat last year too? Instead yeah. of like going with everybody else, he's he a went fucking the long cheater. way. <laughs> so, he's you a ain't cheat. Cheater. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, baby. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I hate it. I'm just saying he kind of sometimes does ruin some races and it kind of so, pisses so me when off. So when you go fucking balls to the ground and fucking drive the wall all the way around the fucking track, does that make you a cheater? Yes, that's cheating. <laughs> I have no I mean, idea what, what you guys are talking about. Oh, dude, it was the coolest thing I ever seen in my whole life, dude. It was it cool. Is, he was playing a real life PlayStation, un- dude. Yeah, with his car. It is, a NASCAR moment that will never be forgotten. Like any any highlights package that NASCAR uses to promote NASCAR in the next fifty years, oh, yeah. that clip will be shown. Absolutely. Like it's an iconic moment, but it's also like a he, huge he passed up like eight cars in half a lap, dude. I think it was more than that. I think it was like I think he made eleven spots in a and not in half a lap in a corner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what did he, what did he do? So so he he fucking and, prayed to Jesus because he's in NASCAR. So you got to do that first. Pray to Jesus. Yep. And then it's a half mile track, so you can't really put the foot to the ground. Okay. Puts his foot to the ground, pops it in fifth, intentionally runs into the wall, and lets the fucking wall drive him turn for him, basically. But he kept his foot down on the ground so he could keep going 100, whatever, and passed up like 11 dudes. Yeah. And then when he got interviewed, they're like, well, what made you think of that? He's like, well, I used to do that on the PlayStation back in the day. <laughs> like, Mike, if you see the clip, like, every driver below him is doing, like, 
40 miles an hour, yeah. and he's doing 80. So he just blows by everybody. Oh, dude. He blows by everybody. Destroys his car. Yeah, but he won. And he, so no, he, he didn't win. He during didn't the win? playoffs, he needed to jump three dudes to get into the last day of the playoffs. Okay. Fucking made it by like four or something, right? Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. how much of a cushion he had at the end of the day. Huh? Incredible move. Yeah. Good but, I mean, spirit of the rules, that is definitely cheating. <laughs> like I said, you ain't cheating, like, you ain't trying. NASCAR technically made a rule against it, even though, like, they even said in the rule, or, like, in the announcement of the rule, they're like, we don't think that anybody's going to be dumb enough to try this ever again, but just in case, like, we are going to make this legal. Guys, we did it. We did it again. We did it again. Guys, uh, uh, joshjohnsoncomedy.com. Check him out. Uh, Peacock. It's on Peacock. Uh, Pepper, thanks for uh, an incredible week, uh, Pepper Week. Pepper Thank you, Pepper. You're my guy. Hey, man, I'll, uh, I'll have a uh, a theme song for Pepper Week coming up real soon. Uh, you'll definitely hear it on this episode. And uh, if you if you go to the Josh Johnson show at Mobile, there's a good chance I might see you. Okay, nice. Mobile, Alabama. Pepper's gonna go in there. And he's gonna he's gonna say, hey. Remember me? I'm the NASCAR guy. Talk about clams. <laughs> was it clams? No, it was uh, uh, oysters. 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 I think that me and Josh both thought that he was painting the actual oysters. But he's painting pictures of oysters. Uh, uh, so you don't isn't have that cooler though? guy. That's cooler, yeah. No, I'd rather eat oysters. I think so you're, that guy's name you're is down there Carlos in the golf, Lopez. Right? Carlos Lopez is my pick of the week, Pepper. Really? Yeah, mm. the, the oyster guy. Mm. It's good stuff. Okay. Mm. He's a good guy. For listening to this installment of WFOD, our operation is 100% independent, so your support is appreciated. We don't advertise, so we rely on word of mouth. Please take a moment to tell a friend, share a link, leave a review, or any of the other things podcasts ask you to do. Music featured in this episode is by Carl Casey at White Bat Audio. Check him out at whitebataudio.com. You can contact us with comments or questions by phone at 636 636- 487 hand or by email at mike at wfodix.com travis at wfodix.com or drunk at wfodix.com special thanks as always to our patreon sponsors jim chadman brian kranz liquid lozenge valerie carpenter jay adson and rabbit poundings if you want early access to episodes you can support the show at patreon.com slash wfodix 
Our entire catalog can be found at WFODshow.com, or you can find our feed of the latest episodes on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, iHeart, or wherever else fine podcasts are found. Check us out on social media, WFOD Show on Twitter and Instagram, WFODicks on Facebook and YouTube. We will return next week, but really, we're never gone. Take care. sent me um, AI Joe Biden. Do you want to hear, hear AI Joe Biden's pick of the week? Yeah. This is a- AI. Is it, is it good? It's pretty good. Here's my pick of the week. These goddamn kids on Vanderpump rules have me all kinds of fucked in the head. They're calling it Scandival. That's all I can think about. How long have Ariana and Tom been fucking? Was it before the girls went on their Las Vegas trip? I'm about three seconds away from sending James Kennedy back across the fucking pond, too. Don't get me started on that pussy. And what the (laughs) hell went down at the reunion they taped last week? I might have to use my executive power to get Andy Cohen to release the fucking tapes early so I can get some work done and rescue my approval rating from swirling in the bowl. It's pretty good.